It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder offseason with your mailbag questions. What do you want to know about the Thunder? And should the Oklahoma City Thunder dive into the Utah Jazz pool of players with their disgruntled stars in Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell? All of that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Stiles, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com on today's show. We're going to dive into the mailbag edition of Locked On Thunder, answering all of your questions, including about the draft uh, and about the offseason as a whole, and the Utah Jazz, who have experienced a huge meltdown in the playoffs uh, and so we're going to dive into should the Thunder try to go get Rudy Gobert, go get Donovan Mitchell in this rebuild with their treasure show of draft picks uh, and everything else of the sort. But thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode, including the platform of YouTube. Now, our first question of the day comes from at Andrew Baxter 90. Do the Thunder buy into the Jazz players' feuds? If they do, should they be buyers for Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell? And who? And what do you think their best offer would be? And is it competitive enough for, for the other teams? Well, if you didn't know, the Utah Jazz have incredibly bad vibes right now. Just bad vibes all around. They are the only team, well, they're one of the only teams in NBA history to look like from game one to game six, they just had no interest in being in the NBA playoffs. They weren't bought on them defensively. They didn't really care offensively. They just, they just weren't good. Weren't not good. And and the vibes extended into the offseason, well, their early offseason. And you even saw players, you know, coming off the court and not shaking hands with other players. It was just a bad vibe. And so now, you have this nucleus of Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and Quinn Snyder all are projected to not be there next year, right? You're getting reports that the Lakers want Quinn Snyder. Uh, you know that that is understandable considering how good of a coach he is. I, I I think that it will be very interesting to see if he takes that job or not uh, with the Lakers. But that's not a surprise. He's a good coach, and if the Jazz are going to kind of reset things, maybe he'd rather go to LA. So Quinn Snyder might not be there one of the top coaches in the NBA. Rudy Gobert is now supposedly 
demanding a trade and doing it in a he or me fashion. How legitimate is that report? Uh, how much stock can you put into it? We don't really know yet, but that's supposedly happening. And then Donovan Mitchell, who is locked in for another another three or four years in Utah on that kind of max extension. He will not give a definitive yes or no answer when it comes to does he want to be in Utah? It's, it's yeah, you know, it hurts right now, but yeah, I do, but I got to think about it, you know, for uh, this next week and, and, you know, really got to reflect on the playoffs, things like that. And so there's ways you can spin it to make yourself not feel as bad if you're a Utah fan and, that's what we'd be doing here in Oklahoma city. If it was say Shay, but it wasn't an emphatic. Yes. If you go back and watch that post game press conference and the end of the season press conference, those weren't emphatic. Yeses from Donovan Mitchell. For example, look at SGA this year. You walked away from SGA's end of season press conference and thought, wow, this guy wants to be in Oklahoma city. This guy wants to build in Oklahoma city. This guy wants to grow in Oklahoma city. This guy is, is being legit right? He not only said the right thing, he conveyed it in such a way that it was believable. Donovan Mitchell, that wasn't really the case. And so he's got 32 mil on the contra- on, on the books next year. He's got 34 mil on the books in 24, 25. Not a player option for 37 mil in 25, 26. That's kind of whenever he kind of runs out of, of room, you, you know, he's likely not going to turn down $37 million at age 29. So Let's say he picks up that option. Then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2026. So he's under control until 2026. And for Utah, you can't even count that he can't count on him wanting to be there. So this offseason looks to be one that will be critical for Utah and that they could overturn their roster. The difficult spot about it is finding teams that work within the salary cap to trade for either one of these players who run big deals. Um, and then Getting a third team involved is always an option, but it's always a very difficult option. Enter the Thunder. The Thunder do not have as much cap space as people might think that they do. Um, once the new calendar year turns over, they're not going to be in the southern cap floor anymore. That SGA extension is going to kick in. Derek Favors is going to be uh, you know, opting into his $10.1 million player option, which he got, you know, the Thunder got from Utah for a first round pick that's heavily protected, you know, in, the, in terms of the top of the draft uh, protected. Uh, Kimball Walker's owed $27.4 million. Kyle Singler still owed a million dollars in dead money. And then, you know, you, you theoretically could extend Darius Baisley and Lou Dort this offseason, although didn't get the vibe that they would be extending anybody that they, they seem like they want to enter 2023 with a clean, with a clean book and then work from there. But Obviously, it would not sh- it would not shock anybody to see either one of those guys extended, especially Lou Dort, who's playing still on a bargain contract. So it'll be interesting to see how they maneuver this. For me personally, the Thunder eventually do have to consolidate these draft picks and have to go all in. They cannot continually kick the can down the road of their rebuild and of what they want to do. However, they have to make sure whoever they trade for is the right option and is the right player to go get. And is that Donovan Mitchell, who was an absolute turnstile in the NBA playoffs and, and could not play defense worth a lick. Is that, is that Rudy Gobert who we've seen the playoffs not play as well in the regular season. Now it's easy to hate on Rudy Gobert. 
I think that Rudy Gobert is still a very good player and undervalued right now by the NBA media fan sphere, but still a really good player. To me, it's just not the right time. Again, the natural progression to me will determine will be determined in 14 days whenever the lottery happens. But if you get good lottery luck or good enough lottery luck, this year is another year of development, but it's the best year of de- development. It's the year when you have the most talent compiled on one single roster since the rebuild began. And you start growing with this team and learning this team's habits. Next offseason, 2023, whenever you get the new CBA, whenever you get the uh, new CBA, you get the new uh, cap, clean cap sheet that we just talked about, uh, and you have all those draft picks still. That's the year where you can start pushing all in and then trading for proven NBA talent versus trading up in a draft. So I think it's still too, too premature, and I'm not sure that these guys are the right guys to trade for. I'm just not. We've seen now Don Mitchell in the playoffs not look good offensively. We, we saw Dorian Finney-Smith, who's a really good defender, lock down Donovan Mitchell. And so it's not as though he's just an overpowering player offensively. And then he did not produce defensively either. So then you're left with what? And sure, you can excuse this playoff against the Mavericks as just bad vibes. But it certainly seems like there's more going into that than is leading in. It was leading to believe with the bad vibes. But I just don't think that either one of those guys are the guy for the Thunder to to move forward with. I want to answer one more question for the break from at Andrew Aaron Wigginstan. I love Aaron Wiggins, so you know that I am also an Aaron Wiggins stan. What celebrity hooper would be the best fit on the Thunder in your current opinion? So who's the very best celebrity hooper? That's my thing. And, and of course, the caveat is cannot be a former NBA player or anything like that. Celebrity, non-basketball player. You know, you watch the celebrity game. Now, can I do athletes? Because if I can do athletes... Miles Garrett looked awesome in that celebrity basketball game in Cleveland during All-Star Weekend. But if I can't do athletes, uh, I'm trying to think. Wasn't Justin Bieber pretty good that one year that he played in the celebrity game or like those couple years he played in the celebrity game? Let's look up NBA celebrity teams, celebrity game rosters. And we see here the Ruffles celebrity game. Yeah, I think it's Justin Bieber if you, if you can't go athlete. If you can't go athlete... How can you not love Miles Garrett and that like 360 dunk he displayed uh, in this game? But that's where I'm at right now. I thought Quavo was good at basketball, but I could be wrong. So maybe it's him. Yeah, that's an interesting question, but it's, it's tough to it's tough to nail. So let me know your answer on Twitter or in the YouTube comments below. Uh, but coming up, let's talk more about the NBA draft and more about this offseason for the Thunder. But first, I want to tell you right now, we're good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar. That tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. 15, 15% off of your next order, folks. Built Bar is incredible. It has everything you need. It's a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar with 100% real chocolate on the outside of every single bar. You're going to want to check it out yourself. Go do that today. Most built bars have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar, which typically has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen net carbs. Go to built.com and get your favorite flavors today, like banana, cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so on, including my favorite flavor, which is cookies and cream. Go check them out today at built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. That's the promo code LOCK15 
You'll get you 15% off your next order. Built.com, promo code lock 15, 15% off of your next order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're answering your questions, your mailbox questions, but thank you for making us your first listen. For your second listen, go check out Locked On NBA Big Board, hosted by Rafael Barlow, giving you all you need to know about the NBA drafts with big boards, breakdowns, mock drafts, everything you need to know about the NBA draft, which is very important for the Thunder, so go check them out today. Locked On NBA Draft Big Board. We're back now, and we're going to answer more of your questions. This next question comes from at Alex Dr. Proof. Do we value Shaden Sharp too high because of his mystery? I feel like if we want to get a proven athletic shooting wing with the defensive and playmaking upside, we could just take Matherin. Uh, and then he left the comparison between that Family Guy episode where Peter Griffin won a boat, and then uh, they offered him instead of a boat, a mystery box. And he told uh, Lois, you know, it, it could be anything. It could even be a boat, uh, you know, this mystery box. So, uh, you know, I, I see I see where you're coming from on this. Uh, I, I do like Matherin. I have... Uh, Matherin rated uh, fairly high at pick number eight for me, you know, at slot number eight for me on my big board. Uh, but I just think that Shaden Sharp's athleticism is a step above Matherin. I think that his upside is a step above Matherin, right? I think, I think that his upside is higher than uh, Matherin's is, and his athletic, athletic ability is higher than Matherin is. Now, I think that you have to bet on Matherin's defense more, and I've even bet on Matherin's shooting more. So it's just kind of a, a factor of of – those components and how you evaluate them. Mathurin is 20 years old. And so it seems like uh, you can evaluate the ages as well. in these two players where you have math at 20 years old and sharp at 19, pretty comparable uh, in the grand scheme of things. I just think that with Shaden sharp, he's kind of going to test out very well in the combine. You're already seeing him have his verticality tested and he has MJ numbers on the verticality test. Now, what all went into that video, who knows? But yeah, I, I can see the point here, but I'm still very high on, on Shaden Sharp, and we'll talk more about him during both these players' uh, NBA draft profiles and projections. But at Fran Sordani, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, do you think we see any offseason moves depending on where we land at the draft? Uh, should we be drafting for best talent or best fit? Uh, let's take these. Let's take this as two questions. I think that the Thunder are going to trade up if they – get bad lottery luck. The reason for that being, you look at Tankathon, and, and, and let's just spin on Tankathon and do the opposite, right? Usually a spin to get a good result, a spin to get a bad result. It just so happens the bad result is the first result. So I'm not going to do a lot of spinning here. So you have the Pacers at pick one, Detroit pick two, Houston pick three, Charlotte pick four, Orlando pick five, OKC pick six. The thing here is you can package six and 12, and you know, or in this case, six and 13, in a future first round pick or just six in a future first round pick. And I think you can move up fairly sizably because the Pacers, Pistons, Rockets, and Hornets, let's just go to the top four. They, they, in all likelihood, 
in this draft have a vastly different looking top four. You know, that the the Pacers might want to trade back with Houston because they feel like they can get their number one option at pick three because there's no clear-cut number one. And the Rockets might want to trade up because their number one's Jabari Smith and the Pacers' number one is Shed Holmgren, and they think that they can both be satisfied with that in one fell swoop, right? And so I said it to say the topsy-turbiness of everyone's board will lead to more ability to trade up because you have different leverage points. It's also a draft class where you can talk yourself out of a lot of guys, right? So you might be at pick three and, and see more value in next year's draft being so loaded and so, and so talent heavy that you'd be willing to go down from three to pick six, but also get a first round pick next year. That's, that's unprotected. And the Thunder might value whoever's at three between Chet, Paulo, Jabari, Jaden Ivey, whoever they want at three to be willing to do that. So it's just an interesting study here on the draft. And I think that with this year's draft, you can easily trade up. So I think that if they don't get lottery luck, they will be trading up in in this NBA draft. And we'll see kind of what that means and what that package looks like. But I I just don't see a way where they don't trade up unless, unless they just love Shaden Sharp or a guy that is projected to fall to them. And then should the Thunder be drafting for best talent or best fit? To me, in an ideal world, you do both. For example, I have the best talent in the strapping Jabari Smith. I also have the best fit in the strapping Jabari Smith. So to me, he fits seamlessly with, with what Josh Gideon and are trying to do in terms of being both dominant guards, fits into that plan seamlessly, and is also extremely talented and the best talent in this draft. But in general, the Thunder, and, and Sam Price has alluded to as much, they're still in talent accumulation mode and they are still trying to look for the best talent that they can get. So I'd say you draft for best talent and best possible talent versus safest or versus best fit. So I'm not just going to go out and draft Jalen Durant at four because the Thunder, well, they need a center. So let's just get Jalen Durant. Whenever you can also get Jalen Durant at 12 or 10, you know, I have been nine on my big board. So, you know, somewhere in the top 12, you're going to get Jalen Durant, but not at four, right? You're still going to need uh, the, the best player, not necessarily who kind of fits the, the roster positionally in this draft. Another question comes from at uh, Turan. Turan Sida, I believe is how you pronounce your at. I'm sorry, again, if I mispronounced that. Where does Jabari fit into the Thunder plans? Uh, he doesn't particularly fit in the ball handler role. So I'm wondering if Sam Presti even would take a chance on him. Also, do you see Poku getting more minutes next season? Um, the Poku question, I think, is totally dependent on the draft. So I will circle back and answer this question after the draft. You might have to remind me, but I will do it after the draft. Uh, I think there'll be a natural conversation after the draft as well. But it really depends on who who the Thunder draft, right? There's a way where Poku gets better than the depth chart this year, depending on the draft class. So we'll talk about that whenever we see the draft class in hand. As far as Jabari Smith, uh, Jabari Smith's fit with Thunder, I think is perfect because he's not ball dominant. Jabari Smith can still ball handle. He can still dribble at an effective level. He can still pass at an effective level. He can still do what he needs to do with the ball in his hands. But that's not the driving force of his offensive impact. That fits seamlessly with SGA and Josh Giddy. If it's a playoff scenario and you need multiple ball handlers and Josh Giddy and SGA need another ball handler with them, Jabari Smith can be a ball handler. He's just not going to be the ball handler. The way Jay Nivey, for comparison, Jay Nivey's most dominant trait is going to be isolation scoring and offense derivative off of isolation scoring. That's what Synergy grades out as an excellent trait for him. We did his draft profile and projection this week. You can go back and listen to those Synergy numbers on what the Purdue offense looked like whenever he was a 
ball dominant isolation uh, offensive category, right? Whenever he was in that, whenever he was in that category of derivative offensive isolation, he was awesome. And that's kind of where he thrives at. So then that looks like three very ball dominant players because for Josh Giddy, you need the ball in your hands to pass to other players and make them uh, and set them up for great opportunity. For SGA, the ball in your hand to score offensively in isolation, which he's so good at. And for Jaden Ivey, you would need isolation scoring from him as well. So for Jamari Smith, I think I think this fit is awesome for this Thunder team. I think that I think that this fits awesome both long term and short term. Uh, I think that you win the most games next year with Jamari Smith, and that could be a good thing or a bad thing depending on how you look at it uh, in terms of where this team's status is at. I think that long term, you win the most games with Jamari Smith. The only close, you know, kind of the only close one would be Paul Bancaro if he just develops into a number one uh, score and a number one offensive threat, then you can start to see him. If he's number one, then that means Shea's number two. And if Shea's number two on your team as a score, yeah, you're a really, really good team. So like that's kind of the one that you worry about with Paulo Bencaro. But I think that Jabari Smith fits perfectly with this team. Coming up, though, we still have questions that need to be answered, and we'll do that on the other side. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at the Lockdown NBA podcast. It's a national show. Everything you know about the NBA on a national level from the play tournament all the way through the NBA finals. We're taking you deeper in the NBA playoffs than ever before, including the offseason, which is where the Thunder, of course, are going to thrive. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. Folks, make sure that you go out there and you subscribe to Lockdown Thunder anywhere your podcast from. It's free and available wherever you go do that. And I want to tell you right now to continue to be locked down on Lockdown Thunder because we're going to stay five days a week throughout the entire offseason. But let's continue answering your questions and what you have to say about the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, during this time in the offseason. For Matt, Thunder memes IG. Number one. Can slash will uh, the Thunder trade up with the Clippers pick? Can they? Yes. This draft class is, is topsy-turvy, especially out of the top three. Because I think that everybody has the same top three. Uh, of course, Mavs draft doesn't, though. Richard Stamen, who joins us every single week, will join us again next week. Uh, he has Chet at four. But uh, I think that typically the top four, top five names are similar uh, enough. Six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. That's anyone's guess. I mean, that is truly anyone's guess. So that leads itself, in my opinion, for an easier path to trading up. So can they? Yes. Will they? I'm not necessarily sure if they will or not. And and look, I only have 26 first-round grades in this year's draft. 
26. So, you know, if you need to use 30 and 12 to move up, and if Sam Presti agrees with that with that number, then that leads less of a hesitation to do so. I think it'll be very interesting to see if they do that, but I think that it can happen for sure. Uh, and, and not just a can in the sense of, well, technically anything can happen in the sense of it is more realistic this year to trade up than, than it was in previous drafts uh, that we've covered here on Locked on Thunder. Uh, can slash will the Thunder trade up into the top three if they get a pick five or worse in the lottery? Went over that earlier. Yes, I think that this is going to be a year where it's easier to trade into the top three. Obviously, it's still going to cost a lot, but it's still easier, uh, more doable. And then number three, should uh, should the Thunder try their luck and offer Miles Bridges slash DeAndre Ayton in, uh, in, uh, in a restricted free agency? I, I just don't see a way where DeAndre Ayton specifically is going to be let go by the by the Suns. I don't see a way they don't match it, especially if he continues to dominate this Mavs series uh, as he has so far to this point anyway. Miles um, Bridges would be a fun option, but is it worth throwing a max at him and, and seeing the the Hornets not you know, realistically not match that. And then you're on the hook for a max contract with miles bridges. I, I just don't see the thunder being very active uh, in free agency at the top end. Your next question is also free agency. Mo Bamba slash Mitchell Robinson. I mean, you take a swing at Mo Bamba. Sure. I mean, that'd be, that'd be fun. Uh, but that is really dependent on the draft and kind of who you've brought into that point uh, in terms of the draft. Uh, from at MK325491. Which center would you rather have, Jalen Duran or Mark Williams, and why? Uh, Jalen Duran is my number one center on my board. Uh, I have him at nine. I have Mark Williams at 12. So I just kind of have them separated by the fact that I think that Jalen Duran's body is more NBA ready and more proven, despite being a couple inches shorter than, than Mark Williams. Um, I, I think that Jalen Duran is going to be a kind of a not throwback big, but also not a modern big, kind of a, a tweener big uh, in between those two eras. Uh, I, I like Jalen Duran, but I don't, I'm not in love with him the way that some Thunder fans are. I don't think you need to go up there and get him at four, uh, but you know, you get him at 12, that's fine. Or you trade up to number nine or 10, whatever, that's fine as well. Uh, but uh, Duran Williams, I'd be fine with either one of them in Oklahoma City. Uh, I don't really think that this is a super, super strong, uh, a super strong center class. Uh, I think that Christian Coloco is not that far behind. Uh, the other two, but you still need to give him some some time even at 22 because he's going to be a raw center at 7-1. But there's just a lot of options. I mean, Diang is also someone that, that people like a lot. I'm just not thrilled with anybody in the center class besides Chet Holmgren, of course, if you want to still count him as a center in the NBA. Uh, from at Janice Adams, what is the dream rotation for 2023-2024? Uh, I think that it's Shea. I think your starters are Shea, Giddy, a proven NBA talent that we don't know who it is yet. Uh, Jabari Smith slash Paul McCarroll slash Chad Holmgren, and then uh, another person, like another another option, whoever that is at the time, film at center. Maybe it's Jalen Duran. Maybe it's uh, uh, let's just say that you get your dream, dream scenario. You get one in twelve, and Duran falls to twelve. You draft Duran, so Duran's there, and then you get Paulo, Chet, Jabari, and then you trade for uh, a Bradley Beal type disgruntled star, and then you have Josh Giddy, you have SGA, uh, and then you still on the bench have Trey Mann, and then. You still have Lou Dort at that point, or were you using him in a trade to go get somebody else? Um, and, and then can you fill out your bench the way that you need to as Trey Mann being a catalyst in that six-man role? You have Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, um, you know, players like that. That's kind of your dream scenario for 2023-2024 to kind of make the playoffs and make a run at it. Uh, for Matt, Kevin Butler, OKC, where does Dyson Daniel rise after his late growth spurt? He seems like a good choice for the Thunder. A defensive minor guard uh, coming off the bench. 
uh, maybe take some time for a long-term project. Um, yeah, Dyson Daniel uh, at I have him at eleven on my board, so he's easily going to be there at twelve. You know, if if my board stacks up with what the NBA boards do, which really the board will have to change as I talk to agents and scouts throughout this process and and, and kind of try to mirror that. But uh, Daniels, I mean, I like Dyson Daniel. Um, I, I think he's a great defensive player, but struggles to shoot, can't really create for himself. Uh, is is good at creating for others. I, I, again, twelve. It's a fine. It's a fine selection, but it's not kind of who you would use the first pick that you have on. But uh, yeah, I think that Dyson Daniel could fit with the Thunder, sure, off the bench. But at that point, I don't really know if the Thunder would be taking a guy with with the idea in mind to bring him off the bench at, at pick twelve. But maybe they do. Maybe they do. Uh, but yeah, I like Dyson Daniel in a vacuum, and we'll see kind of how that rolls. Uh, from at Gould Kobe just says Shaden Sharp. Love it. I like Shaden Sharp. I have a pick four. I love the comment there. Shaden Sharp. Love him in this draft as well. Um, infamous kid at 091. If OKC fa- falls out of the top five again, who should the Thunder draft? Uh, so if they fall out of the top five, my number six is AJ Griffin, and then Keegan Murray, and then Benedict Matherin, and then Jalen Duran, and then Johnny Davis, and then Dyson Daniel, and then Mark Williams. Let's not go through the whole list, but Akai Bashi rounds out the lottery. So I love AJ Griffin. I think if you don't have AJ Griffin, you know, if, if he doesn't have those injury concerns, he'd be uh, even higher than pick six. Uh, again, you say follow the top five. I have Sharp in my top five and Ivy in my top five, but as the rest of the NBA, you could see easily a, a path for Shaden Sharp to fall to six, and then I'd take Shaden Sharp. But I'd say I, I'd say at pick six, you should be able to get one of the two, Sharp or Griffin, and that's the pick to me. A clear cut pick for the Thunder in that scenario. At Tino underscore 0194, uh, what jersey would you like to bring back for next season? Uh, okay, so a, a past Thunder jersey, I would go, hmm. I loved those statement those statement blues. That was kind of the inverse of the suns, uh, the sunset ones, the the year that the, it was Paul George wearing them and, and looking like an MVP. You know what I'm talking about? The Navy with the orange lines through it and kind of the inverse of the of the sunset ones i love those ones i'd bring those back i love the oklahoma city memorial uh jerseys i bring those back but other than that that's kind of where i'd stick in terms of uh for the thunder uh i'd bring back the maverick screen jerseys if i could like the just a true old school maverick screen green jerseys in terms of the rest of the nba other than that the, the least had a good job of key, of uh, bringing back though the old nba jerseys that we all love i like the uh the spurs even brought back a version of uh a version of the Fiesta jerseys. So that was really cool. Uh, but that is kind of where I'm at on jerseys, on, on, the, on the jersey front. At underscore NED underscore. Drafting Duran with our pick. Uh, not at four, but anywhere else I'd be glad with Jalen Duran. And then at Clay, uh, I should say at Cray. What's up, Cray? What's your vertical? A solid 0.5 inches is my vertical. Uh, if, if you uh, want to put me in the combine, but I think I've gotten to every question. Uh, thank you to everyone who's answered, who has asked questions uh, during this draft day off season, you know, vibey off season episode. We'll be back tomorrow on Thursday with a special guest, Chisholm Hollum of 107.7, the franchise talking all about the NBA uh, and also the thunder and wrapping up the thunder season. And then Friday, we'll have another NBA draft player profile and projection. So make sure you stay tuned for that as well. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.